Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I got to tell you, if you listen every single week, you know that just before I come on, the voiceover lady says, how to fit breastfeeding into your busy life. And man, that's what we're going to do today. We are going to so talk about that. And lucky you, lucky me, I have with me my guest, Jill Farmer. Jill, welcome to the show. It is so great to be with you here. Well, for those of you who might not know, Jill is the author of the book, There's Not Enough Time and Other Lies We Tell Ourselves. Now, Jill, I got to say, I've been telling myself that for a million years. I don't have enough time. There's too much to do. (laughs) And I can feel myself sort of breathless with all of those things. And I'm thinking, you know... Life is a lot more complicated for young mothers nowadays. There's a lot more stuff to do and the world is a faster place. So I'm kind of thinking that many of our listeners are feeling very overwhelmed, very out of time. Um, Why do you think there seems to be a universal, there's not enough time to do all beliefs for young mothers or for old grandmothers or whatever? Well, we're just so used to getting ourselves into motion, getting ourselves into gear, taking action yeah. and, um, and, and making decisions by scaring ourselves to death, <laughs> by saying <laughs> we're running out of time. There's not enough time to do everything that we need to do. It's, it's how, you know, back to when we were little kids, right? Our mom has probably said to us, just like we often do to our kids, hurry up. Yes. You don't have time for that. It's time to yes. go. We're used to that being the idea that 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 time is always running out and that we're kind of there's this this ticking clock this ticking time bomb if you will that is um that is getting us into gear into action into motion to do things and it's it's just what we do as a culture and as human beings which is fine until you actually take a look at the brain science and how we operate optimally at our best as human beings and it turns out that that trying to scare ourselves to death into action trying to use that ticking clock mentality of hurry up and let's get going in order to to get enough done or get it all done or be enough is actually a terrible way for our brains to function very well. And so once we begin to understand that, we kind of unwind some of those patterns, it turns out we can get more stuff done in less time, and I think more importantly, more meaningful things done in less time. But it's, it is a matter of undoing some old patterns that for a lot of us have been around for most of our lives, kind of unnoticed to us. It's just how we thought the world worked or how we thought we were supposed to do things. You know, Jill, interestingly, as soon as you said what our mothers told us, I did not know what your response, where you were going with that, but I could hear in my own head my mother saying, hurry up. And sure enough, that's exactly what you just said our mothers say. So I got to believe it's more than just my mother or your mother. And, you know, we 
as we probably all say that, but we've certainly all heard that. But you also mentioned, and maybe in the next segment, we can get into this whole brain thing a little bit bigger because we've talked on the show about brains from a different perspective. But I want to explore with you, you said it's all about fear. So I'm going to kind of make the leap here that this hitches up with your whole idea of mindset because you talk a lot about mindset. Why so much focus on that uh, instead of just, Jill, why can't we have an hour's worth of tips here? Yeah, exactly. Well, I have to tell you, I just briefly, I had... I was the world's greatest collector of time management books, materials, courses, <laughs> classes. I literally at one point had a stack of books that was higher than my bedstand on oh time management and how to get organized. And no matter how excited I would get about this system and that system and this way of getting managing my time better so I could finally have enough time to be you know, the wife and mother and human being and citizen of the world I wanted to be, <laughs> it never seemed to work. And it wasn't until... I stumbled upon <laughs> this, uh, some brain research and started learning some things about the way our thoughts drive our actions mm. that I was able to have that light bulb go off for me and that understand that no matter how much time management systems I could learn in the world, until I changed the mindset that was underneath it all, it was a little bit like being the world's most best trained pole vaulter. I could have the best equipment, the best training in the world, but if I'm pole vaulting from a launching pad of quicksand, I'm not going to go very far. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as I hear you talking, I'm thinking that so often I have done that. I've said, well, you know, I just I just need to read a different book. I need to read another book. I need to read this book that I've read before and just read it again because obviously I'm not doing this right. So maybe maybe I just need to really try again. And I think we've all, I, I have to tell you too, I'm thinking that um, when I had a very high level nursing administration position, I had one of my uh, subordinates say to me one time, Marie, there's nothing wrong with having a to-do list. It, and uh, it's okay that you have one. You just need a shorter to-do list. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was thinking, well, if I had a shorter to-do list, I wouldn't have my job. You know, I, I would be out on the street. So for all of the rest of you who are wondering, stay tuned because you know what? I'm going to bet a cookie that Jill is going to talk to us about the brain in maybe the same way that Dr. Susie Luddington talked to us about the brain. Remember, we just did that show a little bit ago. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuso? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, 
nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, and I'm here today with Jill Farmer, who is the author of the book, There's not enough time and other lies we tell ourselves. Now, before the break, Jill, you mentioned the brain, and I'm suspecting that you're going to go to the amygdala. Anyone who's listened to my show with Dr. Susie Luddington heard about the importance of the amygdala in the newborn because, she says, it's the seat of good and bad emotions. So... How does the amygdala fit into our reaction to these time issues that you were talking about? Well, I'm not a brain scientist, and I never played oh, one darn. on TV, as oh. I like to say. And so I think, I, but I have, a, I think, this understanding and kind of unlocking a little bit about how our brain works for me was opened the curtain really wide for understanding where I got in my own way when it came to time and overwhelm. And so, yeah, the amygdala is kind of another way that you'll often hear it referred to is it's kind of the, the part of our brain that directs um, the, the signals that send us alerts or warnings when we're potentially in danger um, or, or lacking something that we need. And it's, um, it starts developing really early, right? Because, you know, newborns are really good at oh, knowing yeah. what they need oh, yeah, to basic yeah. needs and letting you know. Yes. And it's also one of the most primitive parts of our brain it stops developing, you know, relatively early in our lives as children, because other parts of our higher functioning brains develop and, and take over the functioning. It's designed to just tell us when we're lacking something or when we're under threat. And um, it's great at doing that. It's great if you're, you know, about to step into traffic and, and before you even look and see a car coming at you, you don't say, oh, I think a car is coming at me at 55 miles per hour and I have 1.2 seconds to get out of the way. <laughs> right. Instead, as soon as you catch sight in your peripheral vision that there's a car coming, your heart starts to beat faster your palms will set sweat and then this is an important part right blood will come out of your brain down into your large muscles so that you can jump out of the way you can act without thinking the amygdala is a part of your brain that sends you those danger danger alert signals and allows you to act without thinking 
Now, acting without thinking is great when you are in immediate physical danger. The rest of the time, going around acting without thinking <laughs> doesn't yeah, necessarily doesn't serve work. us very well. Right, but, right, right. But because that amygdala is sending us those fight or flight signals, you've heard of fight, flight, or fight, flight, or freeze, as um, we talk about it in psychology, and that's that danger alert signal. The problem is, is if we're not careful, we let those danger signals take over and we act from that place of fear or threat without thinking. And it, it, it happens to the best of us because we're kind of, a lot of us are used to being in that stressed fight or flight mode. But when we do that, scientists call it amygdala hijack, or my favorite Whoa. is cranial abduction, which simply means <laughs> that we're letting... Um, that fear of something we're missing or that we're short on drive our actions as opposed to letting that higher part of our brain, the part that's really good at at problem solving instead of problem stalling, the part of your brain that's good at collaboration, the part of your brain that is good at taking obstacles and turning them into opportunities, that part isn't functioning when you're reacting without thinking. And right. so... Where that comes into time is every time you tell yourself you're short on something, like I don't have enough time, money, whatever the things you commonly tell yourself, but for a lot of us it's time, subconsciously you're triggering that fight or flight reaction so that you're likely to jump into action without thinking or to hide, right? That fight, flight, or freeze, which means we run or hide, so we procrastinate. We put stuff off, we hide. That overwhelm is a self-protection tech, a self-protection mechanism designed to keep us away from danger. But it tends to, in practical terms in our everyday life, it tends to get us into situations where we end up getting further behind and costing us more time. So whether we're using that amygdala hijack to jump on the hamster wheel and just run into that frenzied kind of busy space where we're likely to make silly mistakes and and double up efforts and not treat the people around us very well, or whether we tend to default to that shutdown, hideout, procrastination mode, both of them are just ways that our very primitive part of our brain is trying to keep us safe. The good news yes. is that when we're aware of it, we can say to that you know, we can take the uh, that primitive or the amygdala, that primitive part of our brain or the amygdala out of the driver's seat and say, you know what, I'm going to let that higher functioning part of my brain, my neocortex, or the part that's better at guiding me through any situation in life, I'm going to actually let it do the deciding and the driving of this bus. Thank you, amygdala, for trying to keep me safe. <laughs> okay, you've alerted me to the fact that you're that there's you know, that there's potential danger. It turns out there isn't actually any danger here. So I'm going to choose to take a different path where I'm likely to be more focused, efficient, connected to my values, and I'm less likely to make stupid mistakes or do things that will cost me enormous amounts of time. Uh, for those who are listening, I just want to say, if, if you don't necessarily worry too much about your time and your time management, maybe you could just buy Jill's book for the cheap entertainment. Because <laughs> <laughs> I came to the part where you said, the amygdala is the shape of an almond and about the size of a peanut, which, is, uh, which helps you to understand that it's the part that makes us nuts. 
And I just got the big, I talk about laugh out loud. I was sitting in a room all by myself and I was literally laughing out loud. I just thought that was hilarious. But, you know, before we leave this this mindset thing, I want to give a direct quote that I saw in your book. You said, I had a constant ticker running through my mind. I don't have enough time. I need more time. I'm too busy. There's too much to do. It never ends. It was like a jukebox that could only find one painful playlist. Well, I betcha I'm not the only one, unquote, I I betcha I'm not the only one that really relates to that. I've, I've heard that like in my mind so many times. The question is, how do we shut that off? And is that is that part of that awareness that you just mentioned a minute ago? And in the book, I think you called um, noticing. Yeah, that's it. That's that's it. It's noticing, and it's and it's steeped again in great research. Um, the there's a whole body in therapy of brilliant work. Um, that's called acceptance and commitment therapy. And it's, it's basically understanding that our thoughts drive our actions. And when we choose to notice the unhelpful thoughts that tend to drive unhelpful action, in other words, when we think the thoughts that turn us in the opposite direction we want to go, oh, right. um, when we simply pause for a second and say, oh, I notice I'm telling myself the there's not enough time thought again, or I notice I'm trying to scare myself into action here. I notice I'm on that, I'm so busy spinning wheel. In the act of noticing, if I had you hooked up to a brain scan, instead of just having that little amygdala um, lighting up in the back of your brain, um, it would have your whole, just in the act of noticing, you light up your whole brain and you tell your whole brain that says, okay, wait a second. You're not under any risk here. We all have the same 24 hours. What am I going to choose mm, to do right yes. now that mm. lines up? You you are, to make it much more likely that you will, instead of jumping on the hamster wheel or hiding on and procrastinating, you'll give yourself permission to make a choice that will be more likely to serve you, be more likely to get something done and something of meaning done than if you just stay in that, oh my gosh, I'm running out of time where we tend to, it tends to trigger like resentment, frustration, annoyance, um, and and just general distractedness. We get really unfocused when we're in that hamster on the wheel mode. So noticing it helps you regain your focus. And I, and I think yes, I yes. say you, we can't manage time, right? Time is fixed. <laughs> we can right, we can say right. I wish, but we can manage our focus. And one of the most important ways to manage our focus is to notice. When the thoughts we're thinking are triggering stories that we're short on something or we're behind or we're missing something. And instead, say, ah, I notice I'm having those thoughts. I know from previous experience that having those thoughts makes me feel like crud, which makes me act kind of crazed, panicked. Crazy, yep. yep. You know, it's generally not the space where, at least in my experience, I'm doing my most connected mothering. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. And so, so, yeah. So, so if, if, I, if I'm a mother and I want, I'm kind of switching gears here. If I want some tips, what kind of tips can I, can you give me that I can switch my, my headset and do some stuff that would make a lot of sense? Three easy steps. Number one is to I notice. Mm. Number two, notice I'm having the whatever thought again. Okay. Secondly is to consider replacing the thought, there's not oh. enough time mm-hmm. or I'm busy with a thought that's likely to serve you better. And my favorite yeah. is simply there is enough time because remember back to what I said before, time is fixed. It's not variable. So if you're telling yourself there's not enough of it, 
you're arguing with reality. Arguing <laughs> with reality doesn't, you know, doesn't, doesn't work. That's us going through life like a two-year-old. I, I yeah. don't want it yeah. to rain today, mommy. Well, it is raining. So if we, we, we argue with the fact it's raining, we're arguing with reality. So notice, replace the thought with something that's likely to serve you better. Calm down that nervous system into the place where you can think and make good decisions. And number three is, and we can talk a little bit more in depth about this, but it's to recognize that we like to try to launch action with ourselves to say, I have to do this, I have to do this, Mm. I have to do that. And have to do is another trigger of that fight or flight response because we're triggering that survival skills, the survival part of our brain. And we recognize the only thing I have to do today is breathe. Now, all the other Mm. things I'm wanting to do today, the consequences of not doing them, might really stink, but it's still a choice. And when we remember that, we yeah. keep the power on our side of the street, so to speak, and, and, and we stop that kind of panicky survival mode. You know, I have to say that just the other day, we had a thing that we had to send to the American Nurses Credentialing Center, and I asked Heather in my office something about it. I said, oh, good. I just want to cross that off my to-worry list. (laughs) And, you know, really, it's like, I don't even call it a to-do, it's to-worry, because I know that I'm worrying about it. I'm probably worrying for nothing. But, hey, you know, tell you what. For those of you who want to go, and you do, you want to hear what Jill has to say about this, don't go away. I'm Marie Biancuzo. I'm here today with my guest, Jill Farmer. We will be right back after this short break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. 
evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Listening to Born to Be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with my special guest, Jill Farmer. Jill is the author of the book, There's Not Enough Time and Other Lies We Tell Ourselves. So, Jill, before we went to break, which, of course, this is like really funny because as I'm actually doing the show, I'm thinking to myself, oh, we got to hurry because we got to come up to a break. You know, I'm watching my clock all the time that we're talking, which is all kind of ironic. But I was I was mentioning how I have this to worry list and I kind of started to rethink that when I read your book and you talked about the to do list the have-to-do, and the choose-to-do list. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because I think that young mothers, especially those who are breastfeeding, because they really don't have, they can't just carve out a block of time like I can. Mm -hmm. They've really got to respond to this baby, and hello, uh, they've still got a to-do list. So, what are you going to tell us about those lists? Well, it's it, it goes back to, again, what, when you tell yourself you have to do something, you subconsciously trigger, I mean, it's a little bit of an oversimplification, but you, you react a little bit like an animal to in a cage. Yeah. It becomes more Absolutely. of a life or death thing. And so recognizing that, oh, it's a choice. And so it's a great choice to feed your baby because the consequences of not <laughs> feeding the baby would stick. be not good. Yeah. <laughs> for the baby, of course, number one, but also for all, all others involved. Um, and, but it is still a choice. And when you get into that space where you even take it to the next level and you begin to recognize that a lot of the things that we are, we tell ourselves we have to do, we're actually choosing to do in our lives. And if we take it to the next level and recognize that we actually get to do a lot of those things, Mm. it changes it even more. And I remember my, um, my uh, my coach, life coach, telling me at one point, you know, this concept, and I was like, oh, come on, this is all semantics. I'm so overwhelmed. <laughs> I've got these kids and all these obligations and all these things to do. And so she asked me at the top of my to-do list for the coming week to put the words get to do. And I begrudgingly agreed to do that, mainly just to prove <laughs> her wrong. And because I was, I'm, you, you know, said this is a crogamalody. That's right. My background is in journalism. I have a, still a bit of a cynical uh, doubter streak, and uh-huh. I was always a good student, so I didn't want to disappoint. So I was like, "Well, I'm going to do it because she said to." But I'm going to prove her wrong, and it was honestly one of the most revelatory, <laughs> revolutionary, really um, things that I ever did. Because suddenly, instead of having to go to the grocery store. When I got to go to the grocery store, it's like something shifted in my head. And I was like, wait, I have four amazing grocery stores within a couple of miles of my house. And, oh, by the way, the the shelves on any one of those grocery stores are stocked with more items than the average, you know, impoverished community would have access to in, week, in a week. And all of a sudden, instead of having to sign my, you know, kids up for preschool, 
when I got to sign my kids up for preschool, it was this sweet connection to these opportunities that they were going to have to learn and socialize and connect to each other. It, it changed everything. And at first I was like, well, that's kind of cool, but why did that happen? And my coach sort of said, well, I'm not, you know, it's just a good practice. But it turns out there is brain science behind it. The brain cannot feel fear and gratitude at the same time. At the same time. I've heard that. Yep. And so when we hear a lot about gratitude journalism, being thankful, but the truth is gratitude, pausing to feel grateful for one to three things in your life in any given moment is a fabulous reset button when you're feeling panicky, frustrated, annoyed. If you can pause just long enough to be grateful, the brain science is there. You will reset the button from that kind of vortex that sucks you down sometimes in that Mm. bad mood or panic or frustration or being unfocused and frazzled. it kind of resets to say, okay, what is my priority here? What do I want to do here? And what's going to have the biggest impact? And how can I focus on that versus running around feeling frazzled, resentful, and annoyed? Jill, you are not the only one who is is giving this message. I've heard this before, and I've also heard people talk about the attitude of gratitude. And there's a lot to be said for that. Uh, I I think... uh, a lot of us are so focused on the negative, and I know you talk about that in, in your book, too, is that whole uh, negativity bias. But uh, one of the things that you talk about with the the to-do list, you talk about this woman that has the horse, and she said, I can't do anything about this. I'm, I'm going to take this off from my to-do list, and I'm going to put this on God's to-do list. And I read the story, and I just thought to myself, "Oh, Jill, this would not work for me, honey. Uh-uh, because I, I'm always, I'm great at delegating. <laughs> I'd want, I'd want to put everything on God's list, and, and so I wouldn't get it done. How do you counsel people, if that's the right word? How do you help them to identify things that are truly out of their control? Yeah, when I, and I when I refer to what's on God's list, that's it's not a religious or even spiritual. It's just things that are, as you said, out of your control that are yeah. not not that are not within within for you to take care of. Or there, the other thing you can put things on that list that there's nothing you can do about now. <laughs> it's it, it, it's going to so, rain this afternoon. There's nothing I can do about it. I can right. gripe at the weatherman, but there's nothing I can do about it. So, right. Worrying uh, about where my newborn is going to go to college someday is... Oh, oh, oh. Okay, <laughs> so, got it. So by taking, by having a keener awareness of where you can take meaningful action that's going to have a positive impact on you and those you love... A lot of times we'll put stuff on our to-do list. Sometimes it's not even written out. It's just subconsciously. Let me worry about or focus on or think about this thing, like whether it is going to, you know, rain next week for the first birthday party um, that I've been planning for the last six weeks or or um, whether or not my child is going to walk at the same, you know, time as the rest of the kids in the um, in the in the, the mom and me gym class. Those They're not a wind-up toy. Right. <laughs> you can't make them do it. Right. right. So recognizing, wait a second, this is something that's in my, con. like I'm aware of it and it's in my consciousness, but I'm going to choose to not give any time or energy to this. I'm going to put it aside. It's shocking how often people will say, funny how that thing just took care of itself. 
Oh, <laughs> true, true. My focus, it's another way to allow you to, if you will, manage your focus, to say this is where I want my focus to be, on something that is um, meaningful, positive, and that I can have a, 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 an influence on in a, in a good way versus focusing and worrying about the stuff that really isn't our, under our control. Okay, so what am I going to tell a mother who tells me that she's pulled in a million directions? She's got uh, uh, two newborn twins, and she's got a six-year-old, and she's got a 14-year-old, and she's got a, you know, sick mother and 14 other things. How am I going to tell this woman uh, that feels really overwhelmed? Mm-hmm. How, how is she going to make time for breastfeeding, and how she's going to do all this other stuff that, you know, frankly, she really has to do? So the the biggest thing is to just recognize that telling herself the story that I have too much to do and not enough time to do it is not going to help. It may feel like the truth, but it's not a helpful thought. It's a thought that is going to trigger lack and fear and some degree of panic, and none of us make our best decisions. As a matter of fact, most of us make really stupid decisions. Stupid decisions, um, yeah. In that in that in that mindset, we all have the story of the time we were rushing and we were so sure we were going to be late, and then we miss instead of being two minutes late for the appointment, the doctor's appointment, we miss the exit, and then we get caught in a detour and we're forty five minutes late, or you know the time the panicked mom I talk about in the book who um, goes to the store and because she's got to get the makings for Daniel Boone stew, which is... I'd never heard of that. (laughs) Which is what it was, the third grade teacher had said, you know, uh, Danny, your mom hasn't brought anything yet this year. She needs to bring the ingredients for our special project history uh, experience tomorrow. She gets Love that little guilt that goes along (laughs) there. (laughs) Thanks, Mrs. Jones. That's a whole Yeah, thanks. but you get to the store, has forgotten the list, and has no idea to remember what the heck was on the list. Gets back home, gets the list, gets to the store the second time, realizes she's forgotten her wallet. You know, the third time she only gets out past the doors when she realizes she's left the cart at the at the um, checkout. But that's what happens to us. When we're in that fight-or-flight mode, we kind of lose our mind, and we tend to make really stupid mistakes that cost us time. So I would tell that mom to start with that place of, Okay, if in my, the available time to me, how do I in this stage prioritize the the most important things, which are meeting my children's most basic needs, feeding them, providing them, you know, the ability to have good sleep and to have attention and love from me. And how do I recognize that as a human being, I may not be able to do everything for each of them all the time in this phase of life. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm a weak yeah. mother later. But where can I ask for some support? Where can I hire some help? Where can I, tr- you know, barter for future time yeah. of friendship with other people? How yeah. can I call on relationships in my life and, and allow them to become richer by being vulnerable and saying, I need some support here? How can I let go of others' expectations and approval and instead just focus more clearly on on what I value, my kids value, my family needs right now, and how will that maybe benefit me later in life to not have other people's expectations dictate what's there? There are phases in all of our lives where time is not like floating around in deep abundance. It's just 
That's true. Phases like mm-hmm. what you described mm-hmm. there are phases where we, we are given the opportunity to get really clear on our priorities and to get really clear on what matters and get really clear on boundaries and vulnerability of where we need support. It doesn't always feel great when they're in the midst of us, but in my experience, it can give us some terrific, rich life experiences if we allow ourselves to, to be grateful that we're in whatever period we are and make the most of it instead of fighting it. Absolutely. And I think along with that, to not give ourselves any guilt for the junk that we, you know, I just last night, I looked at a couple of things that were on my list that didn't get done last night. And I said, well, you know what? They didn't get done, but they're not critical to my life or anybody else's life. You ain't go to bed and be done. Hey, everybody, when we get back, I'm going to ask Jill Farmer to talk to us about a couple of the tips that I thought were just tremendous in her book. Even though she says she doesn't give tips, she really does. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you, too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that, too, through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Listening to Born to Be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with my guest, Jill Farmer. So, Jill, I know that you say it's it's not 
a book about just tips for how to get more stuff done. But you do give tips. You absolutely (laughs) do. And one of the things that jumped out at me was the tip about the two-minute tasks. And I got to tell you, I immediately, when I looked at my to-do list, I could say, oh, call the chiropractor and get an appointment for next week. Okay, that's on the two-minute list. And talk to us about the two-minute list. I won't steal your thunder. (laughs) <laughs> no, you're not stealing my thunder at all. Yeah, I mean, tips for, for how to, you know, be more focused and, and efficient and productive are great things as long as you're starting from that, what I call calm, clear, connected space oh, okay. where you're, you're in the mindset where you're not trying to scare yourself or or count down yourself into action. So tips are great things when they help us, um, you know, give us the ability to, to um, try new ideas to, to mix it up a little bit, so to speak. And so I, I really love... Um, you know, having some some tools to do that. Two-minute tasks are designed for people like me who have functional ADD because I'm like one of those people that I'll get going on trying to get some things done and some projects going. And then these little... Um, Things that I all that I know I need to be doing start buzzing around my head and distracting me like little gnats or flies. Yes, and I'm, and yes. I'm I'm a little bit like you know the um, the dog in the movie Up Squirrel. You know, <laughs> shiny object, right? I'm I'm distracted and then my focus goes and then next thing I know I've chased you know whatever that little distraction was. Or other clients that I've worked with tend to let those little smaller things that need to get done, they're like, oh, I'm not going to be distracted by that. But pretty soon there's a big old pile of all these little things that need to get done that they've put off, and then that feels overwhelming. So I like to have, in, on the, I like to start my day every day by setting a timer for time, 10 minutes, and I have a two-minute task list, which is simply what it, it says. It's, I, it's an, a list that I collect throughout the day of things that I can do in two minutes or less that I put in its own little container so that I know it's out of my brain and onto paper. I don't have them oh, to yeah. distract me. So as soon as it comes into my mind, I write it down, but I don't stop doing when what I'm doing that's more engaging, um, you know, like breastfeeding or whatever that is for somebody. <laughs> I just yep. simply put it down on my two-minute task list, and then I start my day by setting my timer for 10 minutes and I look at those five items on my two-minute task list and it's stuff like, you know, take the laundry from top of the dryer into each person's room in the house, um, call the uh, call and, and make a, a dentist appointment, you know, the exact things that you described. They literally are things that take two minutes or less and I find once I've cleared those distractors to, when I'm starting my day, it really provides some space to get some of the more meaningful things done um, and allows me to to let those those things that are buzzing around distracting me out of my yeah. get them out of my way. Well, I'm also thinking it gives you a little momentum. Yeah. As soon as soon as I can cross a few things off my list, I find out that I can cross more things out my list because I'm like, you know, I'm kind of in a groove and I'm like, wow, what a good girl, Marie. Good job, good job, good job. And that's kind of getting focused on all the things I've done instead of all the things I haven't done. And I found that two-minute task list that was like just, oh, so that is so good. Um, One of the things I want to ask you, though, is I've had times in my life when I feel so overwhelmed that I do not write a to-do list because I've heard myself say this. I I, I have a list of my lists. I, I, I can't do all this stuff. There's no sense writing it down. I'll just feel bad about myself when I don't get it done. And of course, you know, without my telling you that that just unravels. What? But what do you say to people who are just so discouraged and so beating themselves up because 
they find out that at the end of the day, they've got most of those things still on their list. <laughs> well, to-do lists are one of the, I find one of the most common forms of people use them as a way to abuse themselves more than any other socially. <laughs> oh, so there's, uh, there's two kinds of, of abuse that happens at the hands of, of to-do lists. One is we take this piece of paper and we vomit up every single thing we <laughs> should be doing in order to be a worthwhile, you know, human being and um, citizen of the world, you know, mother, wife, sister, you name it onto this piece of paper that we call a to-do list, but it's really a dissertation or a diatribe of, of all the things that we, again, should be doing, to borrow a term from 12-step programs. We should all, all over ourselves with yeah. these to-do lists <laughs> so that at the end of every day, we pull out this dissertation or diatribe, and there in black and white, we have proof that we're proof. never going to get it all done. Oh, shucks. Adequate. Yep. So then that drives the second dysfunction that I see to-do list, which is that where we become freestylers, where we're like, well, I'm just not even going to put it down because that makes me feel bad. The problem with that is our short-term memory can only keep track of about, you know, three to five things at a time. And as soon as something new comes into our consciousness, we forget whatever it was we were trying to list. It's the reason you go into the grocery store, you've got five things you're going to buy, and then next thing you know... Oh, as soon as you saw 10 potato chips for $10, it wiped out all the other things on your list. You get back to the car with two grocery carts full of things and none of the five things you went in for. Absolutely. your short-term memory is a terrible place to keep a list. And that diatribe or brain dump is fine as a first starting place for where you want to get it out of your head. But from there... Stuff needs to go onto your calendar and then on or onto a daily to-do list that has no more than five things plus maybe five other two-minute tasks. But that huge working, that huge diatribe is not a working list. It you need oh, I love it. the ability to accomplish things every day. We have a basic human okay. need for accomplishment. So break down that giant list, process it into smaller daily lists or onto your calendar. And make sure your calendar isn't booked 100%. I I advise people to not book more than 60% of their day because you have to leave room, particularly if you're a mother of children, you have to leave room for life to happen. Well, as I hear you talking, I'm thinking, Jill is just telling me that this is just a data dump. And when I do an electronic data dump, I don't necessarily use all of the data there. So, so you know, hey, Jill, you know, we're getting short. We're getting really short on time. Um, tell us the name of your book, where we can find it. Tell us about your website and um, how how should we how should we be seeking you? What can you do for us? <laughs> so my books, There's Not Enough Time and Other Lies We Tell Ourselves, and it's available on Amazon in both uh, an ebook or Kindle version and um, a regular book version, as well as um, you can get it for the Nook and at Barnes & Noble as well. And um, my website is jillfarmer.com. There's a lot of articles about time and overwhelm. You can sign up for my newsletter and um, every month get articles about time and overwhelm sent to your inbox. And um, there's also a program I do that's starting up in July again called Ooh. Fresh Start, which allow, which is a, a group limited to just 12 people. So we just have a little, uh, a nice. couple spots left um, where we dive into some of the areas where particularly women tend to get stuck most in a six-month program. So that's jillfarmerfreshstart.com. Very nice. Um, do you also do coaching? I do. Right now, I don't have any spots in my one-on-one coaching practice, but I do coaching in that group work. Um, I speak to groups and all over the country. That's one of my biggest passions, um, and I really 
love um, helping women get more meaningful work done in in less time in this one amazing life we've all been given to live. So it's really fun work for me. Well, I got to tell you, you have made a difference, at least in my life. Uh, and, and I was kind of like, oh, you know, I got to interview this woman on the show. And I'm reading the book. And it, truly, it was it was it was really, really cool. Hey, everybody, you know what? This hour always goes way, 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 way too fast. Uh, and that's the boat that we're in tonight. So speaking of time, um, kind of the radio show kind of cuts us off on time <laughs> and they do manage time but anyway um, I'd like to thank my guest uh, Jill Farmer for being with us today Jill thank you so much for being here it was a delight thanks for having me and finally I'd like to thank all of you for listening to Born to be Breastfed and I'd like to invite you all to come back next week now if you're interested in Jill's book or other media that was mentioned on this show or previous shows check out my Amazon store we do have an affiliate link it's on born to be breastfed.com you'll see it there that's born to be breastfed for books and media uh, there's also my blog there and I presume that you're listening because you're a parent Uh, so you might want to check out my Facebook page for some very very cool stuff we had a lot of cool stuff in the last week or so especially and feel free to leave a question for me or for Jill or for any of my guests and by the way remember to like us while you're there kind of improves my uh my state of mind about myself. If you're a professional and you're looking for a continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. My courses and tons of resources and my blog are at my professional site, and that is breastfeedingoutlook.com. Breastfeedingoutlook.com. I'm Marie Biancuto. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.